It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember, together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. Lafura, <laughs> and alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam. Brandon, how are we doing today? L.J., doing good. Uh, I got the chance to go watch our high school team play tonight and pick up a big win. Uh, So that was good to see uh, my now alumnus school, uh, you know, getting some some big wins in in baseball. It's certainly nice. Uh, They seem to have a pretty good team there this year. So really nice to go over there and watch that. But yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get there tonight. However, in place of that, we have a new article actually directly affecting the team that we're about to talk about next team USA and the Red Sox that are on that. So make sure you go ahead and check that out on bellyupsports.com. We are big fans and big supporters of belly up baseball here, but let's get into this game from today. United States versus the Dominican Republic. Brandon, they beat Nicaragua seven one on Monday and then followed, took all of that momentum into this game against the Dominican Republic. Tristan Cassius drove in two runs in the first to give Tampa pitching prospect Joe Ryan an early lead. Mark Colasvari hit his second home run of the tourney 
in the fourth inning, a two-run piece that pushed this lead to four to one. As for Joe Ryan, he struck out 10 batters in four and two-thirds of an inning while giving up solo home run to Juan Francisco and two runs in the fifth. In the top of the sixth, Trevor Lane lost the lead 5-4, to four, but RBIs by Logan Forsyth and Nick Allen swayed it back in the U.S.'s favor. Philly, Luke Williams brought in two runs on a triple, and at that point it was pretty much over. The United States of freaking America win this one 8-6. Give the win to Trevor Michael Lane. The loss will be given to Dominican Republic's Luis Gonzalez and the save to David Robertson. The U.S. plays Puerto Rico today. With Puerto Rico's loss, they have clinched. The U.S. has clinched Group A, not Puerto Rico. The U.S. has clinched Group A. Meanwhile, in Group B, Canada and Venezuela are both 2-0 going into their matchup today. So both of them have clinched a spot in the super group to decide who goes to the final against the United States. And... Right now, it's looking like it'll be the U.S. gets that top bid from Group A. The winner of that match will get the top bid from Group B. The winner of Nicaragua, Dominican Republic, will get the second seed out of A. And then, of course, the loser of this game will go on from B. Yeah. Um, Nice to see the boys picking up a win. Big dubs. Big dubs. Uh, yeah, you know, I like to see a, see a David Robertson uh, in there getting the save. Uh, you know, we love to see that as, you know, a guy who was pretty dominant in the, in the uh, MLB when he played. So, uh, Also, Brandon, I don't mean to toot our own horns. However, I don't have it up anymore, but the lineup was eerily close in a lot of spots to what we put together. Uh, I love so, it. We weren't totally off. We, 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 we can put together a decent team. We could manage a team to be partial, not a complete disaster. Yeah. If, sure. if given a good major league team, I think we could keep them just below 500. Yeah, I'm not sure how we would do handling all the personalities, but in terms of like in-game management, like yeah, I'm sure, I think I think we'd be okay. We wouldn't be awful, but we wouldn't be great either. I don't think. Uh, certainly, a lot longer to go, a lot more to see in this game. But Brandon, I think you got the next two. Yeah. Uh, all right. Actual MLB games today: uh, the Mets and the Diamondbacks. First, um, scoreless until the top of the fourth when Dom Smith would homer his third of the year uh, to make it two nothing Mets. Top six: Francisco Lindor RBI triple makes it three nothing. Dom Smith sack fly makes it four nothing. Bottom of that inning, Paven Smith three run home run to cut the lead to one, so the Mets only lead four to three. Bottom nine, Josh Rojas steps up for Arizona RBI single to tie the game at four, and we're going to extra innings. Top ten, the Mets get that run in on a James McCann double. So it's 5-4 heading to the bottom of the inning. Uh, and it's Josh Reddick who comes through with a, a double that uh, the Mets had challenged. They weren't sure if it was a fair or foul ball. Turns out that it is fair. 
two-run score, and that's a walk-off double for the Diamondbacks, down one in the bottom of the 10th. Josh Reddick, two-run double to walk it off, and they win 6-5. to five. Uh, You can give the win to Alex Young out of the Arizona bullpen, uh, and it was Caleb Smith who got the start, five innings, three hits, two earned, two Ks. Trevor May takes the loss for the Mets. Marcus Stroman, six innings, seven hits, three runs, six strikeouts. But LJ, the the bigger story in this game, uh, Marcus Stroman was causing uh, some some controversy, huh? Yeah, um, I didn't catch a ton of what came at it. I knew it started with a little bit of jawing here and there as to who was doing well and who wasn't, mostly the fact that Stroman was balling out there. You're never going to complain with two or three runs out of your starter. That's always going to be a very solid start. A lot of guys aren't going to want to take it from guys like Stroman. Of course, Stroman, you know, smaller than the average bear and feistier than the vast majority of players in this league. He's going to let you have it, and he's not going to take it. So that's why you see a little bit of fisticuffs in this game. Bench is clear, but... All for not for now. We'll see how this goes coming down the line. But certainly an entertaining game. But back in that extra innings, what a brutal way to lose. Because, like, it was just, you know, right down that right field line, kind of bounced around. It wasn't an easy play for the right fielder out, out in the deep outfield. And then, of course, you have the moment, major momentum shift that could have come from that challenge. Could you imagine if that was a foul ball? All of the uh, moment, yeah. all of the momentum gets taken out of Arizona's. The wind in their sails is just gone. If you lose that after you'd celebrated all of that, and all of a sudden you have to come back out and replay that at bat. Like that would just be brutal. I think you chalk up the win for New York right there, but it was fair. Stroman's fisty cuffs couldn't lead them to victory instead it goes ahead and incentivizes and gets Arizona going yeah uh so now Arizona has uh won two of their last eight of course they had a stretch where they had lost quite uh quite a few in a row not as bad as the Baltimore stretch but I think they lost 13 or something like that so uh, uh yes they were or no 14. They also lost 14. I thought they made it to two weeks yesterday, didn't they? Dude, uh, so I, the I could be the, insane though. The Orioles did. I'm talking about Arizona, though. I'm not sure oh. what they made it, what what they made it to. No, I can't Whether remember. Whether it was 13 or, or something, but that's uh, you know, uh, nonetheless, it's a nice win for Arizona, uh, especially if you come from behind. All right, on to the Angels and the Giants. Uh, top three, the Angels score on a wild pitch by Alex Wood. Uh, and then, hey, Tony, Anthony. Hey, hey Tony. Anthony Rendon, RBI single, to, two RBI single to make it 3 nothing Angels. Oh. Top four, Max Stassi. RBI double makes it 4 nothing. Keen Wong. Uh, with a a bases loaded walk for the Angels to score another to make it five nothing, 
And then, hey, Tony, bases loaded or bases clearing, bases loaded double, scores three. LJ, Tony, a day. Oh, Tony, beautiful day. Eight to nothing. It would be after that. The Angels go on to win 8 1. Give the win to Andrew Haney. Now three and three on the year, six and a third, five hits, one run, seven Ks. Alex Wood takes the loss. Now five and three on the year, three and two thirds, four hits, seven runs, uh, two strikeouts. You know, I, I love to see Tony perform, but Tony, you could have done this at any point in time, and you choose to do it against the San Francisco Giants, one of my favorite teams right now. One of my favorite stories, Tony, you're breaking my heart, man. Tony, why are you doing this to me, man? You know, I know you're my brother, but why? <laughs> breaking my heart. Next up, we have the A's and the Mariners. Seattle got out to a 4-1 lead early, including a solo piece by Taylor Trammell. Oakland easily overcame this. Rallying behind Tony Tony Kemp's five RBIs and Matt Olson's three RBIs, they win twelve to six. Give the win to Jesus Lazardo. He went three innings with no earned runs and six strikeouts. The loss will go to Paul Sewald, and Marco Gonzalez got the start here. He went four innings, allowing one earned run and six strikeouts. A big day for the Tonys here. Big day. How much can you get? <laughs> All right, on to the Cardinals and the Dodgers. Uh, top one, Paul Goldschmidt, ground rule double to score a run and make it one nothing St. Louis. Top of the second, uh, Dylan Carlson adds on to the St. Louis lead with an RBI single of his own. Uh, we're scoreless from that point on until bottom seven. Matt Beatty, the RBI man himself. Legend. Two-run home run to tie the game uh, after seven innings. We jump to the top of the ninth where Edmundo Sosa singles, uh, RBI single to score a run. Uh, that was off of Kenley Jansen, I want to say. There are, uh, was that off of Jansen? Uh, I'm not sure. No, it was not. I was at the beginning of the inning, but. Uh, yeah, the Cardinals end up winning three to two uh, in this one. You can give the win to Giovanni Gallegos. Uh, he he goes two innings, allowing two runs out of the pen. He's, he actually allowed the home run to Matt Beatty, but uh, because when he pitched that next inning, they had the lead afterwards, he gets the win. Uh, John Gant, who got the start, six innings, four hits, no earned, and four strikeouts. Uh, the loss goes to Blake Trinan out of the Dodgers bullpen. And the save goes to Alex Reyes, his 16th save on the year. And he uh, lowers his ERA to 0. 0.62. Fantastic. Next, we've got the White Sox, the Indians. Top of the second, Cleveland leads 2-0. And Billy Hamilton, he is speed. And he rips a double to right into the right center gap 
and then a fielding error allows him to score all the way home. He gets those extra quarters. He puts them in the merry-go-round, and he gets a three-run double, including one of those runs being himself. The Indians scored three more runs in the third and fourth, including an Austin Hedges homer, and they hold on to win this game 6-5. to five. Give the win to Shane Bieber. He went seven innings, allowing two earned runs and seven strikeouts. The loss goes to Dylan Cease. He went three and a third, allowing six earned runs. The save will be given to James Karinshack. Brandon, this feels like an, a day where you have top, top teams with the back-end guys that have been really strong this year, guys like Alex, or particularly Alex Wood and Dylan Cease. It's weird to see these guys like kind of have blow-up starts on the same day. Yeah, uh, Cease... Uh, this is certainly uncharacteristic of of what we've seen from him. Uh, you know, you certainly can't get a fantastic start every day uh, from from your guy. I mean, there's 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 going to be starts where the other team just just gets hot early. But uh, yeah, you know, Alex Wood certainly a guy who has been showing up a big time for the Giants this year. Uh, and you know we 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 talked about him yesterday. He's he's on a one year contract. He's a free agent after this year. We'll have to see whether or not they try to pursue him in free agency uh, and want to resign him. But yeah, uh, yeah. Honestly, I think these types of days should just remind teams how crazy it is to have pitching like this, like. I forget where he is actually fitting into this rotation, but realistically, you've got like three or four other guys that you're putting ahead of Dylan Cease in this White Sox rotation that are absolutely balling. And then you have him sitting there as just the cherry on top, but going into this game somewhere around like a 3-5 ERA. Alex Wood was somewhere similar. And so you have these guys like you shouldn't have your fourth or fifth starter in the mid threes. That's not usually a spot that you have your guys, especially at this point in the season. So just don't take it for granted. Like some of these starts are going to happen, but overall you've gotten a lot of good this year and you've taken advantage of it. So be happy. Don't sweat it. All right. On to the Phillies and the Reds. This was certainly the laser show of the day. If there were. And. It all started in the bottom of the second where Tyler Naquin goes yard a two-run homer to give Cincinnati a 2 nothing lead. However, that was definitely not a sign of things to come. Uh, top three, both Ronald Torres and Odubel Herrera go deep to make it a tie game at two after three innings. Top four, Alec Bohm. Uh, RBI single to make it three to two. The next inning, Reese Hoskins with an RBI double to make it four two. Uh, top six is where Philadelphia really pours it on here. Andrew McCutcheon home run, Ronald Torres double, Odubel Herrera another home run, and then a Reese Hoskins homer makes it ten three. Top of the eighth, Andrew McCutcheon with another home run. Uh, to make it 13-3, and then top nine to top it off. Matt Joyce, grand slam. The Phillies walk away with a 
to three victory. Uh, give the win to Aaron Nola, five innings, eight hits, three runs, and two strikeouts. Sonny Gray takes the loss, four and two thirds, six hits, three earned, and eight strikeouts. Uh, so yeah, the the bullpen allows uh, for the Reds allows sixteen or thirteen earned runs in just over a little foot. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down... The likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. A little over five innings of work, excuse me. Oh, that's not good. No bueno. Not good. All right, Brandon, I think I found the most appropriate title for this next series. We got the Twins and the Orioles. We have the Toilet Bowl. This Toilet Bowl started with an RBI single by Trey Mancini. The Orioles scored four runs in the third inning and later rode solo homers by Pedro Severino and Michael Franco to win seven to four. Give the win to Bruce Zimmerman. He went five innings, allowing two earned runs and seven strikeouts. Give that loss to Michael Pineda. He went three innings, allowing five earned runs. That man still has not been the same since he lost to the Pine Tar and the save to Cody Sulzer. No, he has not been the same. Uh, Never. The Pine Tar changed him. It really Pine, did change. Pintar changed his life, man. You know, it's like once once you get suspended, you never go back. It can be a dark path. All right. On to the Rays and the Yankees game. Uh, top of the first, Austin Meadows, two-run home run. Tampa takes an early 2-0 lead. Uh, in the bottom of the third, the Yankees have bases loaded, and Aaron Judge draws a walk. That drives in a run, and then a wild pitch scores the next run for the Yankees. And we have a tie game after three innings. Bottom four, Miguel Andujar goes deep, his second home run in as many days, and the Yankees take a 3-2 to two lead. Uh, until the top of the fifth inning where Kevin Kiermeyer goes deep, uh, hits a home run of his own, and that ties the game at three. We remain with that score into extra innings. And after a scoreless 10th and scoreless top of the 11th, the Yankees uh, find themselves in a very nice situation. Uh, Well, actually, you know, I wouldn't even say that. Uh, They had Gary Sanchez starting on second base, who had gotten thrown out earlier in the game for making a terrible base running. Atrocious. Yeah, it was it was one of the worst moves I've ever seen. But 
He was starting on second base. The Yankees get two ground outs to start the inning, and then Clint Frazier steps up. He goes yard, walk-off home run, his second career walk-off home run with the Yankees, first since 2017. The Yankees get a much, much, much needed win, and they win 5-3 to three over Tampa. Give the win to Luis Sessa, the Yankees' bullpen, Goes six innings, allowing no hits, uh, no runs. Very, very strong effort from seven pitchers who pitched for the Yankees today. Six coming out of the bullpen. The loss to Andrew Kittridge, Tyler Glass, now seven innings, four hits, three earned, eight Ks. The Yankees starter, Domingo Herman went five innings, three hits, three earned, and five strikeouts. Yeah. You know, they, they certainly needed this one. I think at this point, you're going to have to get that split. But the split is much more doable now when you're able to grid out that one. But there you go. I mean, that's just that's just another classic example of how Gary Sanchez goes out there and he wins your games. Well, you know. What, what, what more could he possibly have done to win you that game? You know, he actually did win us the game in a way because – he, he threw, happened to be the one that got out last, so he no. score first. He threw, he threw out a runner catching. He like picked him off, which was a game saving play because the Yankees bring in Wandy Peralta, who is the lefty specialist, and he faces two left-handed hitters and walks them both. So that was certainly not the best. And then they bring in Jonathan Loizaga. And he walks the next batter that he faces. So they were in quite the jam. Of, there's a wild pitch. Austin Meadows gets kind of caught, caught leaning off the of first base, and, and Gary guns him down. But as for the move that, that Gary made on the bases, there was what, either zero or one out, and he was on second, and the ball got hit in front of him to the right. And his smart idea was, oh, if the shortstop has the ball, he's just going to throw it to first. He's not going to just run and tag me or run and throw it to the third baseman right in front of him. Yeah, that's so, okay. So so Gary just chooses to take off for third, and literally the shortstop is feeling the ball feet away from him. Shortstop sees this, turns. I believe that shortstop tonight, it was a Joey Wendell at the time. Sees it, turns, fires the third, and they caught him down. I mean, he's been – that was a – I mean, that that's like one of the first things that you learn. When you're on second base and there's less than two outs and the ball is hit in front of you or to the right of you, like, you, you do not move. No. You it, don't move. These are like the basics of base running that you learn as a child. Apparently, he hasn't learned them. Um, also, I think you're kind of underselling his a couple a couple good throws. I, I will give it. again. His arm's always been there, but it wasn't. It was certainly not a clean game. The broadcast wasn't even calling it a clean game behind the plate from him. And if Austin Meadows was actually paying attention, he would have lost them the game. I firmly believe that. Because you have, I want to say it was either the ninth or tenth inning. You have Austin Meadows on first. He either goes to steal or there's like a, a uh, he had a block in front of the plate. 
and then Gary whiffs it over his head, over the second baseman's head into center field. Oh, yeah, that was a terrible throw. That it was an awful throw. Uh, an atrocious, it was an atrocious throw. If Austin Meadows had been paying attention, he would have been at third because you can literally – he probably could have gotten home on Brett Gardner. Let's be real here. He's got the arm of a wet French yeah, fry, Brandon. Sure. Um, and then you have the next play. You have that, which they scored a wild pitch wasn't exactly a great effort by Gary to block it that he probably could have gotten home on from third, but instead was at second. So he had to go to third and it was just, you know, those are the things that lose you games. Those little mistakes. If you are Tampa. Yeah. uh, Now what is the justification for doing the whole one knee thing? Is that a matter of framing? Yes. uh, It's all about framing, but is it worth it? No, because he's. Because I've never, I, I, I've seen him get to less balls on one knee than he so, did on no knees, and he, the dude didn't get many balls to begin with. So basically, I want to say starting in either 2019 or I think it was 2020, actually, the Yankees got a new catching coach. This guy named Tanner Swanson. They got him from the Minnesota Twins, and. That's kind of his style of how he teaches the catchers to frame. Uh, now, not that it matters, like, the the framing, because, you know, kids who are in high school and college now, by the time they get to the MLB, there's going to be auto, uh, there's, there's, there's no. going to be robot umpires. It's Why? Happen. If they already have it in the minor leagues, we know that it's only a few years away. That's how well, everything pitch clock isn't here yet. So un- until I get my pitch clock, which I've been asking for for years, I, I will, I will refuse to believe it. I will refuse to believe that they will take the human aspect out of the game. And speaking of which, again, I can't wait to speak. I can't wait to see the umpire scorecard for this game because there were also a few very sus, um, Ones that almost Stop. lost him, almost lost Tampa the game in that um, ninth or tenth inning. Uh, there was that like the three ball walk or the four ball walk, and then um, in the play after that, there was a couple really rough ball calls. But I'm not going to com- keep complaining about officiating anymore tonight. <laughs> not on Tony Day. Tony. It's it's officially Tony Day, Brandon. I don't yeah. know what to tell you. It's got to be Tony Day. Happy Tony Day. Am I not next? Yes, I am. Marlins Blue Jays. Toronto got scoring going in the bottom of the third when Vladdy uncorked a 412-foot laser to left field. His then league-leading 17th home run and a three-run home run at that. Starling Marte drove in Miami's only run, and the Jays got a run in the fifth and a home run by Guriel in the eighth to win this one 5-1. to one. Give the win to Robbie Ray. He went six innings along one earned run and nine strikeouts. The loss to Sandy Alcantara, he went four, six innings along four earned runs. Brandon, if I'm correct, Vlad Guerrero Jr. has to be the greatest uh, Buffalo Blue Jay of all time, right? 
Yes, this was their first game back in in Buffalo, if I'm correct. Yes, I probably should have specified that. Yeah, they're back in Dun or not? They're no longer in Dunedin. They are back in Buffalo. Uh, I forget what the name of the park is. Salem Fields, I think. Yes. Yes. In, yeah. in in scenic downtown Buffalo, New York, and they'll be there until ter- Canada allows them back. If Canada ever allows America back in their country, or they keep hiding forever. Yeah, I mean, now with the the vaccines and everything, how come the border is, isn't open? If like some of these places are are open, I don't. Yeah, like it's weird. Like a lot of stuff just isn't open in Canada yet. They're still kind of you know terrified of something that's you know love to blow, blow things out of proportion but aside from that yes yeah, seriously though i don't think they've made a decision on stanley cup yet <laughs> oh so, wow. if, if i'm correct so you've got an entire half the league or d- entire division of the league that eventually has to play teams from america and we will see if that ends up working in their favor where they can have home games or not. But yeah, I mean, this is a guy who really started to break out last year where they played the entire 60 game season in Buffalo, having hasn't had an incredible year here in Dunedin and then just turns it on when he gets to Buffalo. It's like he was waiting for that slightly cooler weather, waiting for actually actual conditions that were conducive to playing baseball also known as not Dunedin, Florida. And he's gotten them, and he was taking advantage of them here, I got to tell you. He seems to love this park. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, this is start of, of great things for him to come in, in Buffalo. But, LJ, I think that it's time that we start considering him in the AL MVP case. I mean – certainly. He is he has led the league in war, the entire MLB in war for quite a few days now. And he is just absolutely crushing the ball, but also has one of the highest batting averages in the league. And, and you know, I think that that uh, this is a guy who a lot of people thought was going to be a high strikeout bat when in actuality, he has one of the lowest strikeout rates uh, in the league. Like he's in the top 15%, I want to say, in strikeout percentage. So uh, just a really special talent, and we're starting to see it all come together for him. Yeah, I'm going to talk about him a little more in the PPP, but I will tell you I bought in today. I'm mm-hmm. all in on him as a star, as a player. Like it was the final straw for me. I certainly think he – before now, he should have been in the MVP conversation. But legitimately, even if he wasn't already in it, based on his play alone, the field has, has dropped back to him a lot. Yeah. Xander Bogarts has been as cold as he's ever been for the past week. Trout and Buxton haven't played, and he has taken full advantage of this kind of void of incredible performance. Hmm. Yeah, Uh Certainly, we're going to start talking about all-stars and early MVP talks uh, as we're now like a third of the way through the season, basically. So, uh, yeah, but on to the next game, the Nationals and the Braves. 
uh, the scoring got started in the top of the first uh, wild pitch by Max Reed scores Trey Turner. Washington takes a one nothing lead. Bottom first, Ozzy Albies RBI double, and we're tied up. Top of the third, Kyle Schwarber steps up, RBI single to make it 2-1 Washington. In the fourth, Juan Soto with a RBI single of his own that scores two to make it 4-1. And then a Ryan Zimmerman, two-run home run, makes it 6-1 Nationals. Bottom five, Ronald Acuna Jr., his 17th home run on the year. Uh, that makes it 6-3. to three. Washington still in the lead. And then uh, Swanson, uh, Dansby Swanson would single, and it's 6-4, still Washington. The Nats pile it on in the seventh. Kyle Schwarber single, Jan Gomes double to take a 9-4 lead. Juan Soto homers for good measure in the eighth. And the Nats pick up an 11-6 win. Give the win to Austin Voth, who pitched three innings out of the bullpen after Steven Strasburg left the start early. Uh, the loss goes to Max Freed, three and two-thirds, six hits, five earned, seven strikeouts. LJ, I texted you after Steven Strasburg left the start, and I said, I mean, he 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 gets hurt like every start, and he's too good of a pitcher to be uh, suffering this many injuries. You know, this has been his entire career. I mean, he's an incredible pitcher, but I think this is just something we've got to kind of always think about with his legacy is like, you have to not necessarily give him the benefit of the doubt. Like I'm not saying that he time, time served shouldn't count into this accumulative stats, hundred percent sure should be considered when it comes to legacy. However, like this is a guy who consistently came back and still performed at a high level after get at while getting injured very consistently. Yeah. Uh, and so far this year, he'd only thrown 20 innings to a 4.43 ERA, uh, certainly down from what we've seen in the past from him. But uh, we don't have any update at the current moment. Um, and we'll have to see uh, what exactly transpires uh, with him. But we, we'll be sure to... Uh, to keep you updated on that. We'll probably do an, an injury update at some point this week. Absolutely. All right, next up, we got the Red Sox, the Astros. Jose Altuve got to starter Garrett Richards early with a first-inning solo home run, 435 feet to left center. Chaz McCormick hit a sack fly off of Richards in the fourth, but that's all he gave up. The Astros scored three runs in the seventh due to a disastrous outing for Hirokazu Sawamura, and the Astros take game two, five to one. Give the win to Luis Garcia. He went seven innings, allowing one earned run and six strikeouts. The loss goes to Garrett Richards. He went six innings, allowing two earned runs and five strikeouts. Brandon, have you gotten a chance to see Luis Garcia yet? I have. He pitched against the uh, Yankees. Isn't that that wind up uh, awesome? It's so interesting. Yeah, I could watch it all day, and that's not even that's without even getting into the actual pitches he's throwing, which you know 
it's very similar to Johnny Cueto where like with Johnny Cueto, there wasn't a single pitch last night that was exactly the same. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a this holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. In this case, it's not nearly that extreme. However, you're going to spend the majority of the first at-bat trying to get your timing right because there's so many little jumpy movements, so many different taps in different spots that it, it throws you off and you have to figure that out before you can start figuring out the pitch timing. Yeah, he like takes like an extra step to sort of set himself up to be able to, to kick his leg in the air. Yeah, it's like he... He brings it back, taps the, taps down there, and then brings his right foot up and then back and then taps it in the front and then brings it up. And it was, it's, yeah. It's but, so hard to explain, like, what he's doing, but. It's just a lot of extra motion that you don't see in the bottom of pitchers ever, really. Yeah. Um, but. How about this Houston rotation of Layton? He has he he actually has pretty pretty nasty pitches too. Yes, absolutely. And again, that speaks more into this Houston rotation has been on fire. The last now six starts for this rotation, the starter has not given up more than one run. Yeah. Going back all the way through his through Luis Garcia's last start. Granted, some of these were four and two-thirds or five innings. It wasn't like they were all going quality six, seven innings, with the exception of, of course, uh, Zach Granke went eight the other day. But not a single one of them has given up more than one earned run. That's just incredible predictability and just a great hot streak by an entire group. Like, you're, not, you're probably not seeing a better overall rotation right now. In these, that last, in these 14 days, there hasn't been somebody better. And uh, this is a rotation that doesn't have Christian Javier in it. Uh, this is a rotate. Well, he has been kind of coming out of the, the bullpen. I mean, he, he pitched Friday. So, sure. Yeah, but not, not, full, not full strength. Right, so. not full strength. Um, and then, of course, no, no uh, Justin Verlander. And then the big one that they lost was uh, their own guy, Lance McCullers Jr., who they signed to a contract in the offseason. So the five that they have there now, which is Granky, Urquidy, Luis Garcia, Framber Valdez, Jake Odorizzi, you know, a couple of those guys at some point are not going to be in this rotation once Lance McCullers comes back, once Justin Verlander comes back, once 
a guy like how about a Forrest Whitley, one of the top pitching prospects? I mean, he's almost 24 years old now. He's gonna have to come up into to the the bigs at some point. So there's a lot of uh, different uh, moving parts here for this Houston starting rotation, and uh, we'll have to see what they do with all these guys. They have almost too much depth now with the starters, but that's certainly not a bad thing uh, in today's game. No, not at all. I mean, again, yeah, Framber Valdez so far, again, it's all, it was only a four-inning start, but incredibly encouraging to have him back out on the mound. Just another step towards being a playoff contender this year in a in a American League, which, while is wide open, has a very set group. I mean, I think we can already confirm we're not getting a set like we thought. We're not getting another central team in there. Yeah, uh, it's really so far. I think it's already brought itself to five teams for four places, or. Right. Yes. Right. Three, five. Yeah. Yeah. Three, three. Yeah, five teams for four places. Somebody's got to go here. Oh it's no, three. five, five places because there's two, two teams make the wild card and then all three winners. Yeah, but I, I was taking out the central. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, so I basically, right. Yeah. yeah. But like from a wild card perspective, let's let's just put the division winners in right now. You got Oakland, you got Chicago, you've got Tampa. From there, the only other I, I can see three teams that have actually played like potential contenders this year, being the Red Sox, the Astros, and when the bats have gotten going, the Yankees. Mm-hmm. I think it's per, it's very safe in my opinion to eliminate the rest of them from any kind of conversation of making the playoffs it's down to five teams it feels like it's a lot more open because the positioning for just about all of them can change drastically however that's a very that's a very exclusive group for this point in the season still I feel yeah uh you know at the same point though there is a couple teams that are you know, sort of, sort of hovering around, um, you know, that spot. I think uh, Toronto is an interesting case because they're still three games over five hundred, and if if they can pitch well enough, they have so much offense that you know they're 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 going to be winning games. Um, and then I also like to to look at a team like Kansas City, who is has won seven of their last 10. And like, yes, they're only one game over 500. And I don't think the White Sox are going to let up anytime soon. But we've seen Kansas City be able to go on hot streaks. Um, If the White Sox, for whatever reason, start slipping up, uh, I I like uh, Kansas City. I think they're a much more a well, well, uh, well-balanced, well-rounded, whatever you want to call it. I think that they're a lot better in that aspect than the Indians are. Uh, I think the Indians are just just straight-up pitching, and that's all they can do. While uh, Kansas City at least is, is going to give you some offense. Meanwhile, the, the pitching isn't as great. So, Yeah, I mean, with this group, I think I also take – 
Kansas City. I don't really like either of them for this. Uh, oh, no. I mean, Kansas City, Kansas City here, we cannot ignore, especially at this, at this point in the year, it's a very good sample size to start looking at run differential, better than what we were looking at early on. I mean, the only team that's really affected from early on is Oakland, who <laughs> – if it weren't for those two series against Houston, they'd be at like a hundred plus a hundred runs. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. No, it's going to be an old wise tale by the end of the season. If it weren't for the two Houston series, man, yeah. do you know what they could achieve? Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a minus 14 Kansas city team. This is a team that when they came, fell back down to earth, fell back down to earth hard. I'm not necessarily sure that they can keep up even at that seven and three pace, keep up a hot streak enough to make it past even a faltering White Sox team. As for Cleveland, you're going to have to win high leverage games in September if you're going to compete for these wild card spots. Not only does this team not really have a lineup that I like, they certainly don't have a first baseman at this point. I'm not sure I necessarily trust some of this pitching, particularly the late inning pitching. This is going to be a very unpopular opinion, what I'm about to say here. It seems clear that Emmanuel Classe doesn't have the stamina yet to be a bona fide really closer. Like, he's not going to be a go out and pitch two every three out of every three games guy so far. That that's fine for this this stage of his career. However, when your other option is James Karinchak, who as talented as you can be, Brandon, I know you love him. However, this man has somehow managed to make every single uh, outing he's had this year messy. Maybe that's just me. However, I'm pretty sure every single one of them has been messy. I'm shocked that his ERA is as low as it is because he just gets himself into rough, rough spots. I don't want to. I, I, I can't bang, gamble on that when it comes down in September. No, I'm going to have to uh, kind of disagree here. Not with the Emmanuel Class A part, but with Karen Chak. Um, so both Class A and Karen Chak have actually pitched the same amount of innings, 23 and two-thirds. So we have the same sample size for, for both guys. Uh, Class A... In those 23 and two-thirds innings, he's allowed 22 hits, 12 walks, and struck out 24 batters, so just over one strikeout per inning. Meanwhile, Karen Chak here, same amount of innings, 23 and two-thirds. He's allowed eight hits to Class A's 22, 12 walks, so they've walked the same amount, but 43 strikeouts. So you have 43 strikeouts to 12 walks for Karen Chak and 24 strikeouts to 12 walks for Class A. I mean, if you're going to talk about control, I think strikeouts to walks is the perfect stat to to look at, and a Karen check dominates him in that. But, so. Yeah, again, this is, just, this is just a gut feeling for me, what I'm saying here. And also very well, what we haven't brought up is situational use. This may just have be that I'm not I wasn't immediately bringing up thinking of the fact that he's probably getting put into some very rough situations as well however it just feels it feels like there should be more than two losses on his chart right now from what I've watched like 
there have been a lot of squeakers where he has been out on the mound and he hasn't always delivered. So again, this is not a knock on him. I think he's going to be a great reliever. However, I think the the combination of Classe and Karen Shack is going to be amazing. It's just too young right now. Yeah. Too inexperienced. Yeah, that's going to be a fun back end of the bullpen, though, in a couple of years, uh, certainly. Especially some of those other guys in there have been pitching good. Guys like Nick Whitgren, Phil Maton, uh, even Brian Shaw, who they picked up this offseason, has been really good. So, yeah, I like it's going good for them. But well, I, be- I believe we have four more to go and then the PPP and stuff before we can get to the Hall of Fame that we pushed from yesterday. So, yeah, we're going to do this next section at warp speed and get right through it. All right, Tigers and Brewers. Uh, Colton Wong homers in the first, but then the Tigers put up six in the top of the second. They get home homers from Eric Haas, Eric Haas and, uh, and uh, Jonathan Scope, along with a Miguel Cabrera RBI double. Tyrone Taylor goes deep. Eric Haas goes deep again. Colton Wong goes deep again. Uh, Jonathan Scope. It's a second home run of the game, and so does Tyrone Taylor. Just so many guys hitting two home runs in this game. After all those homers, the Tigers have an eight to six lead. Uh, top nine, the Tigers add a couple more runs. They get a sacrifice fly and then a Nomar Mazzara double. A uh, Luis Urias homer at the end of the game is not enough. The Tigers win 10 7. You can give the win to Derek Holland out of the bullpen. Two innings, no hits, no runs, four strikeouts. The loss to Eric Lauer of the Brewers. Two innings, seven hits, seven runs, five Ks. Matt Boyd got the start for the Tigers. Four and two-thirds, five hits, five runs, and four strikeouts. Next, we got the Pirates and the Royals. The Pirates led... By as much as four to one in the fourth before the onslaught began. Salvador Perez went yard in the fourth. The fifth, Whit Merrifield drove in the tying run. And then with the bases loaded, Andrew Benintendi makes the ball say thou when he hit the go-ahead grand slam. Grand salami time for Andrew Benintendi. That's what I said right there. Sal Perez put another one out later in the seventh as the Royals go on to win 10 to five. Give the win to Brady Singer. He went five and two thirds, allowing four earned runs and six strikeouts. The loss to Will Crow. He went four innings, allowing eight earned runs. All right. On to the Cubs and the Padres. Uh, Patrick Wisdom, very, very smart man there. Two run home run to open up the scoring in the second. Top of the fifth, Victor Caratini and Tommy Pham both go yard for San Diego, and they take a three-to-two lead. Bottom five, Wilson Contreras, two-run homer, uh, his ninth home run of the year. That gives the Cubs a 4-3 lead, and that would be your final. The Cubs win it. Uh, Kyle Hendricks gets the win. Six innings, seven hits, three earned and four strikeouts. Now six and four on the year. Ryan Weathers. Get, takes the loss, five innings, seven hits, four runs, and two strikeouts for him. Craig Kimbrell with his 13th save on the year. 
And then the last game of the day, the Rangers and the Rockies. Uh, Colorado would score in the bottom of the first on a Charlie Blackman uh, single. Uh, the the Rangers tie the game on a Joey Gallo uh, force out and then throwing error uh, in the fourth. In the bottom of the fifth, Jonathan Daza single for Colorado to give them a 2-1 lead until crushed Davis, Chris Davis, top eight. His first home run is a Ranger. Uh, and it ties the game at two for Texas. We go to extras after a scoreless 10th uh, and scoreless top of the 11th for Texas. The, the Rockies, uh, so they get intentionally walked to load the bases. And the problem with intentionally walking yourself to load the bases is that, LJ, you can't also walk the next batter. No, sir. And- <laughs> Well, someone should have told that to uh, to the, the Rangers, Brett Martin, as he does exactly that, Oof. intentionally walks the, the bases loaded, walks home the winning run, and the Rockies win three to two. Uh, LJ, if there was ever a toilet bowl, I get why you called it that for the, the Orioles and the Twins. I think Rangers and Rockies is pretty bad. Rangers and Rockies, I feel like, is more about irrelevancy than being bad. I mean, Colorado's been bad, but I've been, you know, I was thinking about it, and this is another thing to put on the docket for later in the year, how, where we should really go and, like, pick out the most irrelevant teams and find their storylines. I think Colorado's got to be up there. Like, there's been so little going on there. They've been bad, but they've been so consistently below average to become bad that you didn't notice it. Yeah. It's really quite bizarre. Well, uh, anyways, in this game, the win goes to a Michael Givens out of the Colorado bullpen. Her mom, Marquez, seven innings, two hits, one earned, seven Ks. Really nice start from him. Brett Martin takes the loss for Texas. Dane Dunning got the start. Four and two thirds, six hits, two earned, and three strikeouts. Uh, but LJ, I believe it is time for the PPP, particular players people might care about. Uh, I have one. I just forgot to put it there in the dock. Uh, right, why don't you go ahead, and then I'll run through mine. All right. Well, my only one is Juan Soto. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, has had a quiet year so far compared to what we've seen Acuna and Vladdy and Tatis do. But Soto uh, has been one of the most unlucky players in the league this year. Uh, his expected stats are all up there. In, like when, when you look at his, uh, his, his baseball savant profile, you would think that he's having just another crazy year when his his actual stats you know they're good but they're not crazy so he is in the top three percent expected batting average and lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
he's only hitting 284, which is really strange when his, they expect him to be hitting 308, which is a big jump up. Uh, his expected slugging percentage is 515. He's actually slugging 418. Uh, his weighted on base average is 343. His expected weighted on base average is 406. So he's been hitting the ball hard uh, and he's just been hitting it right at people. But this is a guy who can spray the ball all over the field. Uh, he doesn't really fall fall victim to the shift very often. He's able to draw walks. Uh, he he doesn't really swing at bad pitches. So uh, we saw what he could do today: three for four, four RBIs, and a walk. Uh, he's going to keep doing this for the entire rest of the year, and his stats are going to come along. So I'm not concerned about that. Uh, if anything, his stats are going to take a huge jump in the upcoming weeks. All right, I've got three here. I will make it very quick. First one, we have the king of Buffalo, the greatest Buffalo Blue Jay of all time, Vlad Guerrero today, went four for four on seven pitches. This man saw seven pitches in the game, hit his 17th home run of the season in this game while going four for four. Seven pitches is nothing. That's less than two pitches per at-bat. Sick numbers out of this man. Incredible day. Pure brilliance we're seeing out of him. Next up, we got Nick Castellanos, who currently holds a 16-game hitting streak. That's the longest in the majors this year. Um, I just wanted to bring this up because I, for some reason, hadn't caught word of this all year and or all from anywhere else other than it was casually brought up by their own Twitter, the Reds' Twitter earlier today and I just wanted to again give it a shout out because I hadn't even hadn't been on my radar and then finally here we have Xander Bogarts who with tonight with yesterday's game against the Houston Astros the has tied Nomar sorry has tied Nomar Garcia Parra with 956 games played as the shortstop of the Boston Red Sox meaning the greatest shortstop in Boston Red Sox history, Xander Bogarts, is now within the top three in games played at that position in the franchise's history, and he should be able to make it to two pretty handily this year. You have Rick Burleson at 1,004 and then Everett Scott at 1,093. So he will have the most, most games played in his Red Sox career, whether he opts out after next year or not. and he will be the greatest Red Sox shortstop of all time. It is not comp- that competitive, in my opinion. I can't believe that 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 a Nomar only played nine hundred and something games at shortstop. That's incredible to me. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it, part of it, of course, comes down to you know, uh, tic tac injuries. I can't remember any any significant time he lost off the top of my head, but there's got to be some. Ah, uh, 2001. He did not finish that year, and then of course gets traded in 2004. Mm, okay, yeah, but so yeah. overall, I mean, overall, that's very similar time lengths here. 
this is, I believe it's his seventh or eighth season in Boston Xanders. So yeah, that would make sense. If this is his seventh or eighth season, that was Nomar's ninth and he missed significant time. Xander also has had his share of games where he's, um, well, sat, but also he's DH'd a couple of days to take a break as well as 2013, he played third base. So overall that nets out pretty even. All right. Um, on to the leaderboards, uh, which I will do real quick. So war for hitters, Vladdy Jr. with 3.4, Nick Castellanos with 2.9, and Max Muncie with 2.8. That's for the hitters. Uh, as for the pitchers, it goes uh, Garrett Cole first with 3.0. Uh, second place is Jacob DeGrom with 2.8, and Corbin Burns is in third with 2.6. A batting average, Nick Castellanos at 361. Uh, the next closest is a Jesse Winker at 341, his own teammate. And then Vladdy Jr. behind them at 337. Home runs is a two-way tie between Ronald Acuna and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And uh, let's see what else here. Oh, yeah, uh, Vladdy Jr. leads the league in on-base percentage. And slugging. So, what can't he do? I feel like if you lead the league in a season in batting average, on base percentage, slugging, and OPS. Plus, well, I feel like if you lead the league in on base percentage and slugging, it should be physically impossible to not lead an OPS. Well, all right. I mean, OPS plus, excuse okay. me. Okay. Uh, yeah. If, you know, OPS plus, um, which I think Soto did last year. He led in all of those. Like, they should just hand you the MVP because at that point, it's like, what What aren't you doing? Uh, well, I mean, of course, that, that's, with, that's with game qualifications. Yeah. But defensive, defensive numbers should also be taken into account. If defensive numbers weren't taken into account, then a lot better cases should have been made for designated hitters for a while. Yeah. To win the, win the award. I think de- defense is as much a part of the game as the offense and should be treated as such. So, I mean, I'm not saying sell out and like, let's, let's and Andrew Alton Simmons for MVP right now. Who says no? Um, that's not what I'm saying here. I mean, However, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining no. about that. No, you shouldn't. But like at the end of the day, you have to be able to do something on the other side of the ball. So sometimes that can even it out. Yeah. Right. I believe we are set here to do a few quick minutes to discuss our Hall of Fame pick for this week. We are on the Houston Astros. Brandon, did anyone come to your mind? I have one that I think I have a very good pitch for that I've put a lot of time into, but is there anyone maybe outside the box that you can think of that yes. you like? So I think the, the, the real obvious one and, uh, and a kind of spoiler alert, probably the guy that we're going to end up picking is Zach Granke. But the guy that, um, and well, I should say first that the reason why it's Zach Granke is there's just so many different anecdotes that, that we can bring up that just fit, you know, the entire purpose of this award so much. But um, the one guy that, 
comes up for me is Jordan Alvarez. And it's simply because this guy, since he's came in the league, has done nothing but rake. His, through his first 130 games of his career, he's slashing 311, 389, 612. That's a one dot OPS and a 163 OPS plus. His 162 game average here, 44 home runs, 136 RBIs. And that's with a 311 batting average. I mean, he is a special talent uh, at the hitter position. Uh, but that's really the only thing that he kind of has going for him other than 2019 a- AL Rookie of the Year. And the fact that he's he's going to be a superstar, in my opinion, uh, his, his, his hitting is just so good. But other than that, um, there's not really a lot of guys that stand out on this roster. I mean, uh, Justin Verlander, certainly. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm not sure we should really put him into consideration this year just because of injury consideration. Like, he's not really playing. I think that as much as, much as like, if, you're, if you play at some point in the season – we should consider it, but I don't know. I think I think that would put him out. But to pick a little bit around your suggestion there, he certainly does rake. I'm not doubting that. Great bat. But if you could have a raker or you could have a pitcher who rakes, I think I want to take the pitcher who rakes. Allow me to make the case for Donald Zachary Granke. Donald. Yeah, that's his first name. Wow. I am just amazed by that. Learning so much about Zach Ranke. Every yeah. day we learn more and more about this man. We are mystified by more and more about Donald Zachary Granke. First off, that would look great on the MLB Daily Hall of Fame plaque. Donald Zachary Granke. Yeah. Um, but, Brandon, due to time constraints, I will save this to only one anecdote this this round and we can do hey, much okay. more. We can we can uh, share more later. Brandon, have you ever heard the story of how Zach Granke was called up to the majors? Uh I have not. I don't believe uh and if I have, I forgot. So uh yeah. Allow me to regale you in this wonderful tale. The year is 2004 and Mike Jershill the then ma- manager of the Omaha Storm tra- Chasers, Kansas City's AAA affiliate, calls him into his office to inform him that he was being promoted to the majors. When Zach Granke got the news, he set, paused for a little bit and then said, and I quote, I don't know. Do you think if we asked them, they would let me go back to single A and be a shortstop? I think I can be a pretty good shortstop. Churchill expressed his disbelief, saying, what are you talking about? They're calling you up to the big leagues. This is your dream. Granke simply responded with, oh, okay, and promptly left the office. Churchill says he still does not know if Granke was serious or not. Quote, you just never knew with Zach. (laughs) Do you think he could have made it as a shortstop? He really wanted to. I mean... It's... He really did. I mean, that's a, that's there. There have been two common trends through Zach, three common trends throughout Zach Granke's career. He's been a very good pitcher. 
Two, the dude likes guacamole, but will not overpay. Refuses to overpay. And three, he loves to hit. The, the majority of Zach Granke's stories revolve around the latter two things. This is your 2013 and 2019 Silver Slugger Award winner for the pitcher. This is a man who once gave Alex Gordon lessons on how to hit. No way. No way. I refuse to believe that. Yes. You haven't heard this one either? Okay. Perennial all-star Alex Gordon, who's like, who was one of the best players in the league for a couple of years due to how, how good he was on, on defense, took well, hitting lessons from him. Well, there's two reasons for him to take it. First off, or three. The first is Alex Gordon was in, in a really bad slump. The Got second okay. was back in 2005, it was Zach Rank, in Zach Rankin's first career at bat, he hit a dinger. After saying to his coach, you know, hitting's not that hard very openly and very matter-of-factly about that, very confident in the fact that it wasn't that hard. He hits a home run. And the third is it's a very well-known thing throughout the league that he has a great eye for pitching and everything, pitching in this same uh, reverse engineer to hitting. So he can be a lot of help in that. So in order to help Alex Gordon improve his approach and improve his swing and everything, he brings him into the film room and turns on his home run tape, shows his home run tape to him multiple times, stops it and says, just do more of that. That was the entirety of the coaching. Well, I hope he broke out of his slump. I mean, again, we talk about this. I'm trying to figure out what year this was. Um, It does not give a year. However, what year did, would you be able to pull up Brendan, briefly, what year Zach Granke left? He Kansas left City. Kansas City uh, in the off season of 2010. So 2011, he was on a new team. So you're telling me that he helped Alex Gordon in the first couple years of his career, and then after getting that tutelage, 2011, MVP votes. 2013 All-Star, 2014 All-Star and MVP votes, 2015 All-Star. I think there's a correlation there. I don't know about you, Brendan. Yeah, uh, that's not a that's not bad. Not bad at all. LJ, um, I'm looking here. I have absolutely zero recollection that Zach Granke played on the Los Angeles Angels for part of the 2012 season and pitched 13. Yes. He apparently, so signs with the, the, the Brewers in 2011, then in 2012 gets traded to the Angels mid-year and then is granted free agency that offseason and then signs with the Dodgers. Like, why do I not rem- I don't remember him ever. I mean, it was only 89 innings, but like... It was good. He was good. He was good. I mean, I'm not surprised you don't remember it. I don't remember it. 
If you ask me Angels to fans list his it. teams, like if you ask me to list the teams that he's been on, like you know, I'm obviously gonna say Royals, Brewers, Dodgers, uh, Astros, a uh, Diamondbacks, right? Because like that's the four main. That those are the main ones. Like, um, yeah, was, his, his first two are can't he spent seven seven years with Kansas City, four years with Arizona. Mm-hmm. Oh no, well, and of course Astros too. I didn't forget them, yeah. but the fact that the Angels are on there just makes me uneasy. Like, I can't yeah, believe it's it. a really it's it's a very it's a dark time. <laughs> it's a very oh. dark time. He might not be a bad candidate for the trivia game, which everybody should go play on the MLB Daily Pod. Twitter, a great account that aggregates things from all across the baseball world. And every single day we post some form of MLB related player related trivia question to be answered. If, even if you just answer it after somebody else has, even if you just copy it, you're going to get points towards our end of the season competition where we have quite a few very nice prizes coming your way. So Make sure you check on out for that. Yeah, uh, make sure that you do check that out. LJ, I just sent you a guy who we could possibly yeah. tomorrow. Um, or I, I think that he, he has a good page there. But um, So, very, LJ, very I think good. it's safe to say we're going to lock in Zach Granke. Oh, yeah, we're locking in Zach Granke. All right. Well, as much um, as I'm, We're locking in Zach Granke as much as I am not paying for Chipotle guacamole. Well... Thank you for listening to this episode of the MLB Daily Podcast. Uh, Glad to say that we made it through the first two months of the year. Uh, The support has been really good the last couple of weeks. So let's keep it up. So thank you for for listening. Make sure that you uh, give us a rating. Make sure that you share it with all your friends. Uh, The only baseball podcast coming to you with content seven days a week. And you can check us out on Twitter at MLB Daily Pod. Participate in our trivia game uh, if you want to win some free merch at the end of the year. Um, And make sure you follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Caraman. LJ is at LJ underscore VP underscore LaFiora. That's going to do it for this one. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. Happy Tony Day. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When I deployed, I didn't realize that even the air I was breathing was dangerous. Since coming home, I've watched friends get sick and struggle to get the support they deserve. But now, that's finally changing. We're eligible for new VA health care and benefits based on when and where we served. Even though I feel okay, I'm going to apply. For my sake and for my family. Learn more and apply today. Visit va.gov slash PACT.